بسم الله الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين شرّ لا إله إلا الله وعشر محمد نبيه ورسول ما بعد. You're listening to Islam always, and we are broadcasting 24 hours a day, seven days a week, always at www.islamalways.com. We're always open 24 hours a day and always plenty of free parking. This is your host Yusuf Estes. We're here now in Atlanta, Georgia, for the Islamic Circle of North America, ICNA, and we have a lot of fine young Muslims with us today. It's a Muslim youth program, and so they got the oldest guy they could find to give the program for the youth. I thought that was funny. Now we're going to get started. I'm going to begin, as Muslims should always begin, by giving you the salams. And let's see how loud you can give it back to me. Salam alaikum rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah. Just in case anybody, if, if anybody thought we didn't have a live audience here, this is a very lively audience. Alhamdulillah. The subject that we're talking on today is about da'wah. What is da'wah? How many of you know what's this word da'wah? If you do, raise your hand. Do you know what does da'wah mean? What does it mean, sister? Huh? Does anybody know the exact word in English? Yes, sister. Da'wah means what? Sister, what do you got? Exactly, invitation. It is to invite. To call to invite, to bring somebody to something or deliver a message. And we usually use it in that context because that's the same kind of word used to describe the people that we call in English, we call them prophets. But in Arabic, they're called messengers because they carry a message. Arsala means a message. And the one who carries it is a Rasul. So that's what Rasul means, messenger, one who carries a message. It's good for us to understand the meaning of the words before we start throwing them around because we might get mixed up and think it's something else. The first thing is what is the message? Then, who is the messenger? And then, what's our role in it? Okay, the message came with Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam fourteen hundred years ago. Can somebody tell me what the message is? Yes, sir. Tell me in English. What's the message in? Exactly, but I'm looking for something. The message is La ilaha illallah. What does that mean? There is no god except one God, Allah. Exactly. Very good. Now, that's the message. Carry this message. Who carries it? Messengers. Messengers or Rasul. They are also called Anbiya. That's another word. means they are prophets, right? Okay, everybody with me? Nabi is one. Anbiya is plural. Prophet Muhammad was one of the messengers. He wasn't the only one. There were some before him. Did you know that? Yes. Were there a lot? More than two? More than five? 
More than 10? More than 15? Was there more than 20? More than 25? 28? Are there 28 mentioned that we know the names of? I think that's what we have, about 28 prophets that we know the names of. But let me now ask you another question. Did you know Prophet Muhammad told us more than 124,000 messengers have been sent to the human beings since the beginning to tell them about this message. There's only one God to worship. La ilaha illallah. How many of you think you could translate La ilaha illallah to English? Who would like to do that? What's your name? Me? Your name is me. Oh, well, there's a lot of people that do that. Oh, your name's Abdullah. Make up your mind. Okay, you're sure? Don't change it on me again. That's it. All right, go ahead. Me, Abdullah. What is the... How will you translate La ilaha illallah to English? Mm, nice try. Young lady in the back, what's your name? Huh? Okay, tell me what is La ilaha illallah. I think you went too far. I didn't hear Muhammad in there, did you? La ilaha illallah is just the only part we're working on right now. What we're looking for is the meaning of these words only. La ilaha Illallah. Who will tell me the English? Um, yes. What's your name? Hazm. Where are you from? Antum in Masr. Oh. Saidi. La. Fadlan. Go ahead. Tell us. Exactly. You. You. I was going to say there's just one little point, but then you fixed it. Because of the word, the way that it's used in there, the word Elah, the word Elah actually means something worshipped. And we translate that to English as God. But literally, the meaning is very deep. La means no. Ilaha means things to be worshipped. Anything which is worshipped. Illa Allah. And Allah comes from the word Elah. Something worshipped, but Allah is a perfected word. It's a finished word. You can't add to or take away from the word Allah. Like in English, you can put the word God and put an S after it. becomes God's. Awliha. You can do that in Arabic. Ilah, awliha. Awliha means what? God's. Awliha is God's. But when you say Allah, you can't make it plural. When you say Allah, you can't make this plural. And also... When you say Allah, you can't make it male or female. It can't have gender. So that's the perfect name to describe the one who created the heavens and the earth and all the universe because he is never going to have any partners. He's not like his creation and all of that fits in his name. It's beautiful. Okay, so now we understood the word Allah, the message, none to worship except Allah, the only one worthy to be worshipped. The next thing we want to find out is who carries this message and we already decided there's 124,000 or more of these messengers who have delivered this message to the people. 
And then what is our role? I'm not a prophet. And you're not prophets. In fact, Allah said it in the Quran, in Surah Al-Hasab, chapter 33, verse 40, I think. He says that Muhammad is not the father of any of your men. But he is the seal or khatan and anbiya. The anbiya means uh, prophets. He's the seal or the last of all the prophets. Therefore, no new prophet and no new message will come after Muhammad. So where does that leave us? Well, the Prophet Muhammad asked the Muslims to continue to carry this message until the last day. He made dua and he asked that there would be these people carrying this message. And this is similar to the dua which is made by Abraham when he and his son Ishmael were building the Kaaba in Mecca. They were saying and praying and asking Allah to bring from their progeny, means from their children, those who would continue to worship Allah until the last day. And Allah answers that by saying that He'll guide those who He wills, but He's not going to force anybody to worship Him. And also, those that don't want to be guided, don't get guided. And there are those that Allah knows don't want it. So it means you can make dua for people, but they may not do it because they'll always have choice. But now, we come now to the subject of how do we give the message to the people? How many of you go to public school? You, you attend a school where it's uh, run by the government, government school or public school? Raise your hand up. Most of you. Most of you go there. How many of you wish you didn't have to go to public school? About half. How many of you like public school? You like it. You think it's cool. Mm-hmm. Whatever that means. Now, when you're at the school, do you have friends there? Yeah. Are they Muslims or non-Muslims? They're not Muslims, are they? So when, when you're talking to them, do they ever ask you about Islam? Some of them do and some of them don't. Is that what you're telling me? So when they ask you about Islam, what do you tell them? Okay, go ahead, me. Me, Abdullah. Never mind. Okay. Who wants to tell me? Anybody here? You like to? Th- what would you? Somebody ask you. You're a Muslim. Why? Th- that might be what they would say. Or why you dress like? Do you dress like that at school? You do? Really? For real? What do they say to you? They're used to it, right? But, but but sometimes they could, somebody could ask you, maybe somebody new or a teacher or something. What did they say? What do you usually tell them when they ask you why you wear a scarf? Islam. And you tell them it's Islam, right? Then you get in an hour-long discussion. <laughs> I understand. It happens to me all the time. People ask me, how come you're wearing a dress, boy? <laughs> Pretty good, huh? Well, what do you say if somebody comes up and they start saying bad things about it? Has anybody ever had this? 
somebody, did you ever have it? Somebody said bad things about Islam or Muslims? Did it hurt your feelings? How many of you think it kind of hurt your feelings that they said it? Yeah, I know how you feel. What do you do when people say stuff like that? You say, uh uh. <laughs> My daddy can beat up your daddy. <laughs> I think what we should do now is consider we, we've discovered the message is that we're only going to worship one God and that's a law, right? So keeping keeping that in our mind and keeping in our mind that the people we're going to be talking to they're not going to want to get into a long hour long discussion they just want to know why you're doing it right let us look to who our example is we're saying Muhammad's the messenger salam peace be upon him so let's use him as our example did he carry the message to his people he didn't have public school though did he no but he did have public encounters with a lot of people both old and young it's very interesting the story of how he came into this prophethood and became the prophet of Islam how many of you know the story? you know the story? okay, me Abdullah are you sure you know it? You sure he knows it? Okay. Well, let's find out if he knows it. We're going to find out if Mia Abdullah knows this story. Do I have to tell the whole story? Tell me what you know. Come on. Come on. Come on. I don't want any. You can keep the gum. Go ahead. Okay, this Go ahead. The story of how the Prophet Sallallahu became the Prophet. What happened? Okay. Um, he was in a cave. Uh, yeah. He was in a cave. In a mountain. In a mountain. And then right. Near Mecca. Near Mecca. It was nighttime. It was nighttime. It was Laylatul Qadr. You're telling me the whole story. Huh? You're telling me the whole story. The story sounds familiar to me. Keep going. Okay. And an angel came in. I was about to say that. I was too. That's amazing. Keep going. Okay. And then what happened? The angel grabbed him. No. He didn't grab him? Yeah, he did. Okay, so he did. And then he pressed him up to his chest real tight and squeezed him so much he almost went unconscious. And then the angel released him and what did he say? Read to your No, he didn't say that. He didn't speak English. He spoke Arabic. Can you speak Arabic? Yeah, I can speak Arabic, but I forgot what he said. Te Arabia? No. No. Can you call somebody? Can you call a friend? Yeah. What do you think this is? Who wants to be a millionaire? Go sit down. Uh-uh, never mind, never mind, never mind. <laughs> Alright, the story goes something like this. <laughs> call a friend. <laughs> Can I call a... Did you hear that? <laughs> Amazing. The Prophet Sallallahu as we discovered from me, Abdullah, is that, that he was in the cave It called Hirat. In the mountain called Jabal Nur. This is a true story. It really happened that while he was there, the angel Jibril or Gabriel came to him and startled him. He was uh, amazed. 
that somebody, and he looked like a man. He came in with the form of a man, and he grabbed the Prophet ﷺ, pressed him to his chest, and squeezed him, and released him, and he commanded him in the Arabic language, Iqara. And then the Prophet ﷺ said, La Anibikari. The angel again squeezed him to his chest and released him and again commanded him, Iqara. He said, Ana Ummi. And then the angel grabbed him again, pressed him to his chest and released him and said again, Iqara. Iqara bismi rabbika alladhi khalaq khalaq al-insana min alaq Iqara wal rabbuk al-akram alladhi alamu bilkalam wa alamu al-insana malam yanam This is the beginning of the revelation of the Quran to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu Often this is mistranslated to English and that's why I want to give you the Arabic and then give you the English. And the story again is that the Prophet ﷺ was fasting, he was in the cave and when the angel came to him and grabbed him and released him, he did not command him to read. This is one of the biggest mistakes that we're using today in translation of it. Because read means to use your eyes and look at a piece of paper. When the Quran was translated to English several hundred years ago by George Sale, he was not Muslim, but he used the word that was appropriate for Iqra at that time, which was read, but it didn't mean the read way we understand it today. Reading back then meant a reading, as in to stand and recite poetry. If somebody says to you, Iqra in English and read, that today it doesn't work because nobody would know what you wanted. They would think you mean read from a book. But they used to stand when somebody said read, they would stand up and begin to recite. Mary had a little lamb, its fleece was white as snow, and everywhere that Mary went, the lamb was sure to go. And that's a reading. Poetry was a reading. And there were many poets at the time, and that was a very favorite subject of the people of the time, which was to recite poetry. So the Prophet ﷺ thought he was asking him to recite poetry. That's why he said, La Anabikari, I am not a reciter. Because Ikra means recite. And Quran means the recitation. They all come from the root Kara'a. Kara'a. That's the root. Ikra, Kari, and Quran come from this exact root. So if you understand that, you know what the commandment was not read, it was recite. Because Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu said the second time when he was commanded Iqra, Ana Ummi, it means what? I don't know how to read and write. Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu never read anything because he didn't know how. He didn't know how to read Arabic, Hebrew, Aramaic, or any of the languages of the day because he was not a reader. He didn't know. He was what they call illiterate. And he could neither read nor write. So, it meant that he had to understand what was being recited to him. And he understood Arabic perfectly. He was one of the best of those who pronounce, enunciate, and use the Arabic language. And even to this day, there's never been anybody who could handle the Arabic language better than Prophet Muhammad sallallahu I want to tell you now what the meaning of the verses that we just recited. It says, recite in the name of your Lord. 
who created man from a leech-like clot of blood. Recite, and your Lord is most generous, who taught man by the use of the pen, taught him what he didn't know. Those were the first verses that came, and that's all that came. The Quran was revealed over a 23-year period. Little piece here, little bit there, a few verses there, sometimes a whole page. But it came stages and stages explaining things to Muslims of the times because they were going through difficulties and hardships and tests. So as the Quran came, it was showing them how to deal with the problems and the things that happened to us during our lives. That helps us to know today how we should also go through our life and what is the example for us is Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and his companions and what they did. That's how we operate the same way. We follow what they did using the same source which is the Quran. Now, look at the first thing he did. The first thing he did was to go home and tell his wife to cover him up. He didn't tell her what happened. He said, cover me up. They said, what's the matter? He said, just cover me, cover me. And they started covering and covering him. And he, it was like shivering and they covered him up. Because of this encounter with the angel, it was a very huge thing that happened to him in his life. It was an amazing thing. After a while, he told his wife what had happened and he was wondering if he was crazy. And she told him, no, you're not crazy. She said, look, you have always been honest and truthful. You have always been a person to join the families back together when they try to split up. You've been the kind of person who everybody respects and they have so much trust in you because you're the trustworthy. This was, of course, Arabic. He was Alameen and he was a Sadiq. He was the truthful. Now, the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu was not a boastful person. He didn't show off. And he wasn't going around telling people, hey, I'm a prophet. What do you think of that? It was not this way. It was the opposite. He was very, very humble. And he wanted to know what had happened. His wife was the first one to say, I believe that there's only one God and you're the prophet. So Khadija became, in a sense, the first Muslim of his time. Now we understand Islam a lot broader than some people do. Islam means surrender, submission, and obedience and peace to God. And whoever is doing that is a Muslim, even if they don't know it. So we know that Adam was a Muslim, Abraham was a Muslim, Moses was a Muslim. So was David and Suleiman and even Jesus were all Muslims because they all did what God wanted them to do. If they wanted something but God wanted something else, then they always accepted what God wanted and that means Islam. But I'm talking about now here is Khadijah accepting the message at his time so she becomes in effect the first Muslim of the Muslims of Muhammad Sallallahu Now, she then takes him to her uncle. He was very old. Waqara. And they went to see him and he was a translator of the Bible to the Arabic. And he had some of the New Testament. And he was reading it in Arabic. And whenever she said, look, this is my husband and he has this to say, blah, blah, blah. And they talked about what had happened in the cave and the message. And he said, oh my gosh, you are the prophet. You are the prophet that's been mentioned here in these scriptures. He said, I wish I would live long enough 
to see the time when they turn you out of Mecca because they will do that according to the scriptures. And that did happen. He didn't live very long though. He only lived just a matter of months after this and he passed away. So he in effect became like the second Muslim. Then Prophet Muhammad called all the tribes together because he wanted to tell everybody. He called all the leaders of all the tribes together and he stood on a knoll, which is like a small mountain or a big hill. And he called everybody over and they all came out rushing to see what's going on. The leaders of the various tribes came to him. All of them really related to him one way or another. And he said, do you believe me? They said, yes. He said, if I tell you anything, we believe? They said, well, if you say anything, we'll believe you because you never lied. He said, if I told you behind me, behind this mountain here, is a, a army of people coming, would you believe me? They said, absolutely. He said, because he means I'm going to warn you about something. He said, then, I bear witness, a shadu, on la ilaha that there is none worthy to worship. Yalla, except the law, wa ana rasulhi, and I am his messenger. And they got mad and walked away because they didn't want to hear that message. Now this is what's important for you and I to know. Many people hear the message. Most of them reject it and they don't want it because they want to do what they want to do. They don't want to do what God wants them to do. But that's the message you're supposed to be delivering. That there's only one God and that's the only one to worship. He's not two and he's not three. He's not a man. He's not the son of man. He's not a, the, the, the God is not a son of God. He is only Allah. The only one to be worshipped. Everybody got me on that? That is the message. The message is not about hijab. And the message is not about the salat. It's not about fasting Ramadan. It's not about the zakat. It's not about the pilgrimage or hajj to Mecca. The message that we have been entrusted with is the message that there really is God. A real God. He's one and you have to worship Him. Got it? So when they come to you, now I'm going to give you the practical usage of what I just said. Because what I said can be kind of boring until you need it. Then somebody comes up to you and said, how come you're a terrorist? And you go, whoa, where do you get that from? You're Muslim, right? Yes. So therefore you're a terrorist. Whoa, I'm not a terrorist, man. You probably make bombs over in that old temple of yours, don't you? He said, no, we don't do stuff like that. But look what happens. You've got a chance to tell them something. Tell them, thank you for asking me about my religion. Even though you're mad at them. Even though you don't like what they said. But smile and say, thank you for asking me about my religion. They'll go, huh? That's what you want, really. You want to do this. Watch what happens when you smile and say, thank you for asking me about my religion. Hey, I'm, not, I'm trying to start a fire. What's the matter with you? Thank you. Because in our religion, Islam, we have two things. Write this down. So you got paper and pencil here. Write it down because you're going to think about this later. I'm not going to give you a test. Allah is going to give you the test. But write it down anyway. The two things that we have is truth and proof. The truth, because if I lie, I can go to hell forever. I'm definitely not going to lie. Especially not on Allah and not on His Messenger. Right? So we have the truth, T 
R-U-T-H. To Ruth. Okay? And the other one is Paruf. P-R-O-O-F. Or P-H, depending on where you're from. <laughs> truth and proof. The truth, meaning that we have to tell you the truth. And the truth is La ilaha illallah. And we have the proof because everything in Islam is recorded. The Quran is preserved just as it was 1400 years ago. We still have it today. And by the way, I want you to listen to me. I was just reading a book in the car on the way over here today about the Quran. Quran written down today is not the same style as Quran that was written 500 years ago. And that is not the same as a thousand years ago. And that's not the same as 1400 years ago because they use a different style. They use a different way and combinations. Quran is not meaning what's on paper. I told you that. Quran is recitation. And it is recited today the same way as it was recited at the time of Muhammad. You got me? Don't think of a book, a paper, an ink book that is Quran setting up somewhere in a temple and that that's what we believe in. We believe in the Quran, the recitation, the same way it came to Muhammad Sallallahu The angel Gabriel, we just heard about this, gave the Quran to the Prophet. Yes or no? Now you understood what I said. He gave it to him. What did he give him? Did he give him a book? No. Did he give him a box with a book in it? No. Did he give him a library card so he can go get a book? No, he recited it to him. And then what did Muhammad Sallallahu do? He went home and he recited it to his wife, didn't he? And then she was able to recite those same words. Right? Because then they went to her uncle and they recited it and he understood it. Right? It's called recitation. Be sure you understand that. So we have the truth. We have to tell the truth. And we have the proof the Quran still exists. Guess what? Write this down. Can you write this? Put a 10, a 1 and an O and a comma. And put three zeros. And put another comma. And put three more zeros. How much is that? 10 million. More than 10 million people today have memorized the entire Quran. The entire Quran. But now write this down. You're going to need a lot of room for this one. Get ready. Put a 1. Okay. Put a comma. Put a 5 and two zeros and a comma. Put three zeros and a comma. And three more zeros. How much is that? 1.5 billion. That's how many people have memorized part of the Quran. Everybody in this room has memorized part of the Quran. Can you say Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim? Let me hear you say it. Is that part of the Quran? Can you say Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen? Ar-Rahmanir Rahim? Maliki Yawmuddin? What's next? Very good. And then? Keep going. You're teaching me. Come on. Now, this is good. 
This is good because we just proved something. Even at a place called Atlanta, Georgia, people here, the Muslims here, are memorizing the Quran in the Arabic and reciting it in Arabic. We are the only religion on earth where every single member knows at least some of the scripture in the original language. No other religion has that. So regardless of what they say about their Bible, they don't even have it in the original anymore. They don't. There is no original Bible anymore. They have a lot of copies of translations of books, but that's kind of like having a lot of copies of Yusuf Ali. That's not the Quran. Yusuf Ali did not write the Quran. He just made a translation to English. has a lot of mistakes in it. There are many mistakes when you try to translate Quran because there's only one Quran. Be sure that you know this when you're talking to people because they don't know what the Quran is. When you talk to people, these two things are important. Remember, truth and proof. That's what we have. And when we talk about the proof, we mean the Quran is preserved by Allah until the last day. And the message that goes with it is simple. La ilaha illallah. There's none to worship except Allah. And then if they want to know more, this is where it gets real easy for you. Write this down. Can you write this down? Write I-S-L-A-M-A-L-W-A-Y-S. Islam always. Put a dot and then C-O-M. Islamalways.com Because at that website, they will find all of our websites there. They can go and listen to our audios and watch our videos, read our articles, and they can join our chat rooms. If you want to come there, you can, but when you go in the chat room, there are rules. You have to be very careful to obey the rules. Or they will ban you and you will not be able to go back on the website anymore because the computer won't let you. So be sure, if you go or send anybody there, tell them there's a lot of rules. But they'll enjoy it because it's live. And the program that you're listening to right now, inshallah, is going to be broadcast on that website tonight. So if you want to listen to it, be sure to tune in. It's going to be probably around 9 o'clock our time tonight. You'll be able to hear this same program. And you'll hear yourselves saying, Salaam Alaikum. Let me hear you say that. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm going to give you another chance. This is the end of the program. Salaam alaikum. Okay, great. That's, and then we'll continue this online. When you come in there, we'll can go from there. Also, you can write to us at askislam at aol.com. All your questions, you're going to direct them to askislam at aol.com. A-S-K-I-S-L-A-M at aol.com. Till next time, Salaam alaikum.